Hey, everybody. I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Annie and I are diving into the mailbag and tackling another question from a listener who is asking a should question. And I love this so much because it lets me talk about one of my favorite answers as a manager, which is it depends. If you are one of those people in veterinary medicine who struggles with living in the shades of gray, this episode might make you a little bit uncomfortable because we're going to dive in and we are going to relish in the shades of gray here and talk about who should take the medical history in a practice. And we're going to have a lot of fun with it. And let it be noted for the record that I hopefully have not actually been fired through the course of making this episode, but I'm not entirely sure. Will I be back next week? You'll have to tune in again and find out. Let's get into this one. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and Stephanie Morris, better goss. <laughs> I like it. How's it going, Andy Rourke? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. good. It's so good that I'm going to break one of my cardinal rules of social media and podcasting right now at the very Uh beginning. Yeah. Uh So I have a rule where I really don't like how social media uh, is very, uh, it's a performative, right? And everybody shows their front stage, uh, but they don't show their backstage and it makes people feel crappy about themselves. You know, and you see people like Instagram influencers and they're like on the beach and you're like, I never go to the beach and wear a thong and (laughs) you feel bad about yourself. God, you know, is this <laughs> and so anyway, this is that's a, why... a 1-800-HR moment because <laughs> I did <laughs> I did not need to think about my boss <laughs> and a thong in the same thought process. There. I, Thank you so much, Andy. Rourke. I am confident that the social media team pushes back on those posts because of the fact that they're damaging people's self-esteem, not because they have concerns about my thong pictures. <laughs> right. Uh, OK. Fair. OK. Anyway, anyway. I am not one to share things that make other people feel less than. Okay. But I'm going to right now. So buckle up, peasants. I'm going to tell you about the thing that I have that is amazing. I think this might be a record for us. We're not even a minute and 30 seconds in and we've gone off the rails. Oh, no. Like I had something to talk about when I sat down. All right, let's do it. I have, you know, so I have a yard, which I talk about, and Uh it's in the woods. And... Uh, the front of the yard is up by the road, as fronts of yards are. And um, I want to have plants up at the front of the yard where people, what are you laughing at, Goss? I mean, I mean, <laughs> keep, keep going, because I know where the oh, story you know is going. Go- I, I know where the do. story is going. <laughs> so I want to have plants up at the front of the yard. And I got empowered and inspired. And I called the plumber and I okay. said, I want a faucet in the yard up okay. near the front. And he said, he looked at me and he came out and he came out to look at the place and he looked at me. And I said, I want a faucet. And he looked at me and he said, you mean a yard hydrant? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I do. That's exactly what I mean. And he said, what kind of yard hydrant would you like? Do you want a yard hydrant that stands up? Like an old school water <laughs> spout? Or do you want a yard hydrant where it's buried under the ground under a trap door? And I was like, I want a trap door yard hydrant. And he came out yesterday. And I just want you guys to feast your eyes on a man who owns a yard hydrant. I can't. I watered. I watered so many things today at the front of the property. And it is, God, it was everything I thought it would be. You know, when you talk about trapdoor yard hydrant, all yep. I can think about is bugs and spiders that will be living in there like before you know it right. because you live in the middle of the woods. Right now it's pristine. <laughs> I had not considered the fact that that's going to be a nest of spiders in no time. And I just want to thank you for sucking the joy out of my... Stephanie's like, oh, you like that thing? Let me stamp on it, crunch. Oh, did I break your thing, Andy? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you very much. Every month you're like, why am I not employee of the month at Uncharted? And I was like, let's go to the tape. This is a this is a moment. 
case case anybody's wondering, this is uh, reason probably 200 <laughs> why Andy has fired me, and it's only September 2nd. We're two days into the month. <laughs> this is probably <laughs> reason 200. Um, no, I'm I'm really excited for you and your yard hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> the no. the first thing the first I'm thing I thought of <laughs> my decision <laughs> to get the underground yard hydrant it. The first thing I thought of when you were telling it was like I'm just imagining like a the average run of the mill spigot just like sitting in the middle it, of your front yard. <laughs> it's in a hole under a trap door in the middle of my front yard. Which you're is picturing fantastic. like the Indiana Jones tomb when they unearth it and like you can see the floor is just snakes like that. It's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. I'm going to have a, I've got to have a yard Swiffer, Swiffer, Swiffer out all the spider webs with. So just so you know, I am never going to reach my hand in your yard hydrant. Oh, it was going to totally happen because I was going to be like, Stephanie Goss, turn on my yard hydrant. That was going to happen. That's a hundred percent a thing that will never occur in our, in our relationship. All right. It's fine. You have bears. You See, have this spiders. Is why, this you is have why I don't. This is why I don't flex on people online because I always get knocked down like six pegs, <laughs> and I just suck the fun out of my thing. But you've now given Kelsey and Tyler ten million ideas for uh, <laughs> for doing fun things with swim swimwear on social media. Yeah, right. well, the, yeah. Memes are, the memes are the memes are going to be epic coming out of this podcast episode. Just it's so fine. you know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> let's let's move on. I'm, I'm I don't want to talk about my yard hydrant anymore. Uh, I'm very excited for you. So, what are you going to do with all the extra hoses? No, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, I think, <laughs> are you trying to point out that there's no place to keep a hose in in the yard hydrant? No, I imagine that there's lots of extra room, but you don't need nine of them because now you have a yard hydrant, right? Like that, that was the point? That was the point. There. I just, like, I, let's just move on. <laughs> let's just move on. Let's oh, honestly know that we're I've, here. I've crushed, we're here to I've crushed uh, the soul out of it. No, it's <laughs> fine. Today. Um, no, it's well, fine. We have, we, have a, we have a great mailbag question super, if you want to know so what's great. happening today. So we got a we got an email uh, from from someone who loves the podcast and loves the flaming raging sword of justice, and I feel like Andy's about to smite me down with that sword today. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably more than once. Uh, so they were asking, is it just us, or do any other hospitals struggle with whether or not the sport team should be taking detailed history from clients before the doctors get in the exam room? One doctor in particular on their team keeps adding questions that they want the team to ask when they already have a whole list of things that have to be done before the doctors can get in. And they were saying half the time doctors are walking into the exam room before the history taking is complete. And then they start asking either questions that have already been asked or different questions and clients and or, you know, we've all been in the exam room when somebody takes a history that's not the doctor and you get one and then the, the doctor comes in and then you get a second history from the, oh. from the client that's completely different, right? And so they're like, okay, we all know that all of these things are happening. So my question is, should taking a full medical history be the doctor's responsibility or is it the support team's responsibility and or how do we find a balance between those two things? Yeah, yeah. This is, I, I've gotten this question a number of times. Um, mm -hmm. I, it's, first of all, um, this is one of the many, 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 many consulting questions that uh, they ask you. And the only, only answer is it depends. You know, th there is not a right way to do this. It depends. Yes. Um, and so I always just like to put that out at the very beginning. So headspace, let, let's talk about, well, I always like to look at problems like this and say, why is this happening? I, sure. I really do feel like that is, that is the first diagnostic step in problems like this is why is this happening? Um, I think, and I've gotten this question many times, uh, uh in my travels. The first thing is, um, it's always pointed out that pet owners will tell the doctors, things that they don't tell the staff. Yes. And so they'll say, well, I do it because sometimes they'll tell me things. And we have all been in the exam room and had the pet owner tell the nurse one thing and then tell the doctor a completely different mm -hmm. thing. I had, mm -hmm. a, I, had a, I had a video 
Uh, I think it's with Kelsey. I think Kelsey was in the video. No, it was, it was Meg Pearson when she was uh, doing videos with us. Uh, so I had a video of Meg sitting down with this pet owner and she was like, so uh, why, is, why is Boudreaux having diarrhea? And the guy's like, I have no idea. And then I walk in and sit down and go, why is he having diarrhea? And the guy goes, oh, he ate a whole meatloaf. And that's the whole video. It's like 30 seconds long. And it makes me chuckle every time I see it. Because um, it's true. Yeah, it's totally true. And so that that is totally true. There's also, uh, there's a list of reasons why we do this. Number one is there is a mentality that more is better. Okay. More history is better history. We should ask all the questions. And we have a lot of type A perfectionists who are like, <laughs> they got trained in vet school uh, and graded on the robustness of their medical records, yes. which is, this is a trigger for me. I hate it. I hate that that uh, in vet schools, we uh, positively reinforced volume of medical record creation. Mm-hmm. Like a medical record that's 10 pages long is clearly better than a medical record that is uh, a page and a half long. Right. And that is because if you're a completionist and you're like, I want all the differentials and all the things it could possibly be, then you want the 10-page record. Right. That is wildly inefficient and ineffective in practice, right? Writing writing a 10-page medical record is no better to me, Harley, than writing no medical record at all because I'm not going to read it because right. it's 10 pages and I have 20 minutes for this whole appointment. And so anyway, I'm on a bit of a soapbox here. And I know I'm speaking in some <laughs> extreme terms, but it is true. And um, I think that a lot of us are like, oh, no, we need to we need to have a medical record that is large and has all the details captured in it. And I don't have time to get that. And so I'm going to send my poor assistant technician CSR into that room and make them invest the amount of time it's going to take to generate chapters one through six sure. of this visit. Right. And so so that's part of it. There is pressure, I think, and again, this is not, I've not seen this published anywhere. There is some pressure on GPs from specialists to ask all the questions. So for example, in my other podcast, uh, which if you don't listen to it, you should listen to it. It's called Code of Shame Veterinary Podcast. And I bring specialists on and I ask them how to treat cases. Sure. And they come on and it's, it's, it's all the different specialists. And they all are like, you know, make sure you ask every pet owner this thing. And Every different specialist has got... There's know, like five, 19 different questions. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, clearly you want to do this. And like the nutritionists have like 18 questions that you should ask every pet owner. And yep. the ophthalmologists, want, they want their questions about eye health answered. And I yep. get it. And like when that's your jam, you're like, of course, you're going to spend your time talking about this thing. And so I, for a while, I kept a list of the questions I was supposed to ask. And when it broke into the second page, I was like, this is ridiculousness. Uh, yes. As a pet owner, I would never fill this out. Um and so I think that that's a part of it. There's a lack of awareness about what the techs have on their plates. Yes. And, and I say this as someone who has that lack of awareness. I think a lot of, as a doctor, I can be like, hey, look, why don't you just talk to them about this thing? Right. And then I don't have to talk to them about the thing. Or you talk to them and then I'll come back over and I'll ask the relevant questions that I need to ask on top of it. Right. And again, we're everybody is everybody's looking at the world through their own lens, right? Everybody's looking at the world through what they have to get done mm-hmm. and what's on their to-do list. Sure. And again, I'm not bashing on doctors at all. And, and I am 100% guilty of this. I know I am, but I really don't know what the techs have to get done this afternoon. Right. I know what I have to get done this afternoon, right? but I really don't know. So I can have a tendency to be like, hey, why don't you just take care of this thing? And really, I'm piling extra work on the people who are already super busy just because I don't understand the other things that they're trying to do. Right. Um, And then the last thing that I will say, as I sort of laundry list out the reasons why this happens, I do believe that there's a phenomenon where, and I've probably been guilty of this before too, if I'm running behind, I really hate the idea of the pet owner sitting in the exam room alone. And so I'll be like, what? Get in there. Get in there and entertain, like get in there and make them feel important by taking by taking sure. a significant medical, like expand this history into basically a, uh, you know, late night with Conan O'Brien uh, style interview <laughs> to keep this person entertained until I get there. So they will be mad at me because right. I'm a half an hour late. They right. will feel like something positive is happening. And again, yes. I, I don't I don't I, would, I can't remember the last time I did, I did that, but I have 100 percent felt that pressure of please go in there. 
and make this person feel like their time is not being wasted while I dig myself out of the out of the lateness hole that I put myself into or that someone dumped on top of me when an emergency came to the door. Well, and I can tell you that as a technician, like a, a lot of the time that that is un, un, completely unintentionally. Mm. I think that's how I approached. I, I am one of the... <laughs> shocking. This is going to come as a shock to you, Andy Rourke. I am one of those people that uh, the details are important and I will, yep. I will write more <laughs> than, than probably a lot of other people. Uh, and uh, unintentionally, I think that's, that's how I approached it as a technician. Like if I was working with a doctor and I knew that they were running behind, I would totally go into the room and be that be, be that person to ask them the questions. And like, I would find myself taking way more of a thorough history because I was trying to come at it from a customer service perspective of like, I still want their appointment to start on time. I still want them to feel like they're getting value out of this visit. And so I look at it as a technician from from two perspectives. One, can I keep the client happy? But also, can I do a better job for you as the doctor? Like maybe I can save you some time on the background by, by on the back end by mm-hmm. asking all of these other questions. And at the yeah. same time, nothing would frustrate me further than when I felt like I had gone to that effort because I wanted yeah. to help you as you know, I want to help you, Dr. Rourke, and I want to take care of the client. And then you come into the room and ask the same questions. Like it yeah. would just make my head want to explode. Yeah. <laughs> explode I, I, I think tech. that's so valid. I, I just said, I said all the reasons like, oh, this is why the doctors do this and this and uh-huh. this. At the same time, it's not hard. Uh, I don't think for any of us to empathize with the person who just went in there and spent their time asking these questions, listening to these rambling stories right. <laughs> about like, oh, what does she eat? Well, my sister Mabel comes over on Tuesdays and Mabel always says, and you're like, why are you telling me this? And you have to sit through it because uh-huh. at the end, what happens is that she gets a dog treat on Tuesday from Aunt Mabel. Um, and that's that's where this is going. But you have to listen to seven minutes of people talking about Aunt Mabel coming and their uh-huh. stupid yard hydrants and things like that before you get to the thing you actually care about. I know how it is. I get it. And so it's not hard to empathize with the person who goes in there, does all this stuff, and then just gets ignored because the doctor comes in and goes, yeah, just tell me what's going on. I'm uh-huh. like, I get it. Uh-huh. So I think that's true. Um, so now, sort of headspace, right? The yes. good news in headspace is this is one of those beautiful problems where sorting this out is good for everybody, right? Yes. Sorting it out uh, saves the pet owner's time. It makes for better medicine. It can take work off of the tech's plate. It gets the doctors what they need in an efficient way. By freeing up the techs, they can end up being involved in other parts of getting these cases out the door. Like getting efficient in how we do this is good for the pet owner, the doctor, and and the techs the that are in the room yeah. doing it, the, the, the team. And so to me, the nice thing as I as I get in headspace is this should not be conflict. Right. There shouldn't be conflict here. This is a mutually beneficial problem-solving exercise. And to me, I really like problems like that because I go, okay, I have to frame this the right way and I have to present it. But really, we all want the same thing, which is for my time to be maximally valuable and for you to get what you need to do this appointment and for the client to feel heard. Let's mm-hmm. just figure out what that is because I don't think that we're doing that now. Right. Yes. And and I would say the last thing for, for me from a headspace perspective is just remember as we dive into as we, as we dive into action steps, should is a dangerous word. Yes. It's it's four yeah. letter word, friends. Because well, what should happen in one practice not necessarily the same thing that should happen in another practice, right? Yeah. And 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 should is full of the best intentions. And yeah. so I think for me, from a headspace perspective, what you just said, Andy, about like, it, we want it to be good for the doctors. We want it to be good for the clients. And it is also important that it be good for the team. And so I, I think it's great that the question is being asked. And I think this is a good, this is for me, an example of where this can be excellently yeah. healthy conflict like oh, talking absolutely. about this as a team and bringing up each bit of the team's perspective and their insight you guys there it may be uncomfortable 
it, the text may be like, dude, I don't want, I want to be respected. And when you go in and ask the same, like I've had this conversation with my doctors, when you go in and ask the same questions, Dr. Rourke, that I just asked, I feel devalued as a yep. technician, right? I've and had we, those conversations, yeah. Right? And we yeah. think about it and we think about, oh, this is super negative, but you guys, this is, this is good conflict. This is healthy. Yeah. Like being able to talk about it as a team and figure out what works best for us and yeah. for our clients. I think that's, you know, that's diving into the action items, but just remember getting out of the headspace, like think about should very much with a grain of salt because should what works in one practice is not necessarily going to work in another. And I think you can't compare yourself to other practices here. And I think that's why you said, Andy, like, it uh it's all it's all it's all relative and it's yep. not necessarily going to be the same answer for everybody no, it, it's not remotely going to be the same answer i think that that's the first part of diving into this question so there's yeah. really two things there one of it was uh i really like how you put you know like when i ask these questions and then you ask the same ones it makes me feel devalued i think i think feeling valued and feeling like our time is well spent i do think that that's a, a big part of this and so like you said that but the other thing too is um, I like this question because how you do history taking, it really fits in in an important way with the identity of your clinic and your practice. And yes. so, of course, the technician who works for the veterinary nutritionist or the veterinary neurologist is going to ask a detailed history about those specific subjects because they yes. are really digging into this Um the clinic that charges $42 for a physical exam and vaccines, I don't think that you expect to have that that technician yes. in there doing a 22-minute history yes. for what's essentially a low-cost you know, visit. And, and again, nothing wrong with that model, but if you're lower, low-cost or lower-cost, and I'm not saying 42 is lower, lower, it, uh, it depends entirely on where you are and, and right. your area, but if you are a low cost practice or a lower cost, you're probably not going to be able to afford to have your technicians in there taking huge histories right. because you need to move efficiently through the rooms. On the other hand, if you charge $89 for a physical exam and right. vaccines, I think people will expect that your technicians would go in and spend some time and get a good history and talk to them about their pet to prepare the doctor mm -hmm. and to flesh out the yep. medical record so that they are going to get the white glove service that they're paying for and they expect. Right. And again, it's not right or wrong. It's just about what is your practice and what are your cultural values? Yes. I see, a, I do see a lot of times when there's a mismatch between how we get the, the history and who we are as a practice. And I always think that that's really interesting. Yes. And now I will tell you, like, I, um, I love that you said that. And I think a lot of it has to do with how your exams are structured and mm -hmm. timing and everything like that. And I can tell you, like, I, I was trained in a practice that had longer appointments. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I will say straight up to my team, I am not the technician to send into a, to a room if I'm, um, helping out at a clinic that is high volume fast oh, yeah. appointments. Like if if you're 15 minutes double booked, I am not your tech. I'm not your technician, and I'll yeah. tell you straight up because my process is is one where at my our appointments range anywhere from 30 to 75 minutes depending on what they were there for, and so I struggle, and I <laughs> I am I am not the one. And at the same time, like if you are the kind of person who needs someone to build the relationship with the client and ask the probing questions, like that's that's my jam. That's where I feel comfortable. And so I think your point is is spot on, Andy. Like you have to look at who are you serving? Like yeah. who, who, what kind of clients are you serving? What is your culture as a team? Um, and 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 also who are the people that make up yes. that team, right? And like, what do all the doctors need? And so for for me, I think you're, you're right. Like headspace perspective, this is a good thing. Sorting yeah. this out is no matter what is a good thing for everybody. And I think the, the um, headspace perspective where I end headspace and move into action for me is like, it's about balance and it's about figuring out that balance yeah. as, a, as a group. Oh, I, I love that example. I think that's fantastic. You are such a relationship building person that you, in a role where you're supposed to get in and out in four minutes, I, like I first can't. of all, it would, it would be hard for you. But here's the thing too is, it's such a missed opportunity for you to shine 
in this role. And we hear from so many people who think that they're bad at their job or they're a failure. And I'm like, no, you're in the wrong system. Yes. Like you're struggling here, but boy, you'd be an all-star yeah. down the road at the hospital that runs in a different way or runs in a way that matches your priorities. I'll tell you from personal experience, you know, I, I had a technician who was amazingly skilled technical technician, not a people person. And she did not want to be a people person. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, she did not work out at the practice that we were, where mm -hmm. because it was a white glove, mm -hmm. high touch, mm -hmm. high communication practice. And she went to another practice and was very happy there. Mm -hmm. And it was a lower cost, higher volume practice. And she she rolled in. She did mm -hmm. a short history, went to work, and she was mm -hmm. on it. Good for her. It's not about good or bad. It was about right. she did not match the system but right. boy when we when we get her into the right system she absolutely blossoms and i think a lot of us are, are there in that way and so that's why i really like this question is there's not a right or wrong way it's really and i think you summed up so well it's about it's about the culture of the practice and also who are your people and i will tell you another thing is it's my belief that those things change over time yes and so you might end up shortening up your um your history taking so like for example right now a lot of people are real short-handed and they're really overwhelmed and i would say you can tighten the nuts and bolts on your history taking and it might not be the history that, that you would love to have yes. or that you plan to have for the long term but right now you say we need to be efficient in our history taking we're going to take a stripped down version of what we had before because we need to be moving quickly between the rooms. And this is not how we plan to do it in the long term, but it is what we're going to do now. And so that history may get shorter and then it may lengthen back out later on. And I love that you said that. And the part of why I love this question and go ahead and make fun of me. But like, I, I love this because ultimately, if you are a practice that is thinking about this and having these conversations yeah. at the end of the day, you are working towards systems and processes and that is going to help your team overall and so i will tell you like i i love that and ultimately like the best system for me as a as a as a technician as a team member is a system where i know okay our ideal is this and our minimum accepted standard is this and i get to make a judgment call my doctors get to make a judgment call we 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 change it as we need, whether it's because of the yeah. patient's needs that day or the client's needs or the team's needs. But I feel like I have a guardrail on either side and I yeah. know what is expected of me. And that's what I mean about this is a good kind of conflict and we shouldn't be afraid to have these conversations as a team. But a lot of us are because they're not easy conversations and they're hard yeah. conversations. And especially if you're a technician writing this question, it can be hard to feel like you're potentially challenging your doctors mm -hmm. by saying, hey, when you ask these questions that I've already asked, like, I don't, I feel like you're just walking all over me, right? Like, that's, that's a hard thing to stand up and, and say. Um, and likewise, as a doctor, sometimes I've had doctors be like, I don't, I need the questions asked in this way. And I know you're trying to help, but this doesn't get me everything that I need. Those can be things where we take it personal and mm -hmm. it's not meant to be personal. Yeah. And so this is where from a headspace perspective, I think it's super, super important to say we are going to talk about this and we're going to look at this as a team and we are going to look at it from a from a systems and structures perspective. And everybody has got to take a deep breath because there mm -hmm. might be some hurty feelings here, but we're going to we're going to work through it because we're we're doing it for the needs of the patients, the needs of the clients and the needs of the team. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I, 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 I like that a lot. So, uh, you know, the other thing I would say, too, is um, if you're someone who's listening to this and you're like, oh, man, that's that's really interesting. And what kind of practice are we? And like, what's our culture? And should we be doing these longer things? And how does that work? Um, if you're interested in that and you go, oh, I see how the differences are between the practices, uh, you might be an uncharted practice because that's that's kind of how we roll. And it's uh, it's beyond, I think, us sitting down here talking about history taking to figure out what kind of practice you are. Mm -hmm. But that's what we do in our community. It's getting in there and talking about how different people do it differently and why they do it that way and what works for them and really digging, digging into the culture of who your people are and who your practice is and how they communicate so that you can answer questions like this in a way that is going to work really, really well for your people. So that that's that's just sort of the last thing I was going to say. I really enjoy this question. I think this is really great. Let's take a break. Yeah. And then we'll come back and then we'll get into the action steps of like, oh, great. We've talked about the philosophy. We've talked about the headspace. Let's get into actually making this conversation happen and what we're going to try to 
accomplish. I love it. Hey, everyone. I just want to make sure that you know about some upcoming events from Uncharted that you are not going to want to miss. We have a workshop that is happening in October, and it is the wonderful, the amazing Melissa Enchkin LVT. For those of you who don't know Melissa, she is an amazing technician, and she helps out our team on the Dr. Andy Rourke side of things, on the medicine side of things, and she is doing her very first Uncharted thing, and I am so excited about this. Melissa is going to be leading a workshop for us in October. It is happening October 19th, and it is called Leveraging Technicians, Making Practice Less Stressful for You, Them, and Your Patients. I cannot wait for this one. It is going to be happening at 7 p.m. Eastern, so that's 4 p.m. Pacific on the 19th, and it will be a two-hour workshop, which means it'll be over at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. It is, as always, free to our members. So if you are an Uncharted member, head on over to the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash events. You can click the register button and register for free. And if you're not a member of Uncharted, you can join us. It's $99 for the workshop, or you can look at all of the awesome upcoming events that we have. And it may make sense very quickly for you to say, hey, I'd like to get an Uncharted membership because you get all of this stuff for free. So come join us for Melissa's workshop. You don't want to miss it. And hopefully we'll see you in the community soon. And now back to the podcast. Okay. So now we've talked about how do we how do we get into a good headspace? Let's yeah. talk about what do we actually do with this? So we asked the big should question. Yeah, we both agree that should is a dangerous word, but we still have to, you know, talk about solutions here. So what do you what do you do with this challenge? Well, a lot of it depends on who you are. And so okay. I'm going to take this. I'm gonna, let's 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 eat the meatballs off the top. Um, I, that's a metaphor I just made up. I like it. I'm going to stick with it. Let's eat the meatballs off the top. That's okay. when you take the good stuff and just handle it like before you have to get into a bunch of noodles and sauce. All right. Um, if you are another doctor or if you are the practice manager or the medical mm-hmm. director, just a little bit of coaching and feedback is really easy because the medical like. The doctor that's like, hey, we're going to add some questions or, hey, make sure you add some of these things, stuff like that. They they probably don't have any idea what the impact is. You sure. know what I mean? They probably don't understand it like, hey, they just don't you just don't think about like, hey, these questions are getting long answers and they're asking them in every exam room. And so they're in 15 exam rooms a day and it's adding an extra two minutes to the mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. And that's a half an hour a day that they have lost in productivity beyond it asking these questions, which are just two quick little questions you want to answer or to ask. And so if you are the medical director, uh, the manager, something like that, just a quick little coaching thing of, hey, I need to talk to you real quick about the histories going into the exam rooms. And then just say, uh, when when we add extra questions to the tax, they, ha- they ask them to every room across every doctor. Mm-hmm. And it really, it backs everything up really fast. Mm-hmm fast. And so if there's questions you want added to the history, just let me know and we'll talk it through or we'll run it through or we'll compare it to other questions or things like that. But it's just, it's important for us to have consistency across the doctors as far as what's getting asked. And uh, small questions when all the doctors just add them, they add up really, really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like you don't think about it. And as a as a technician, like your brain having to switch back and forth between, okay, what questions does Andy want me to ask? What questions does, you know, Dr. Sarah want me to ask? When you make those switches a million times a day, like it is exhausting. And also from the doctor perspective, having been the practice manager who strong armed, I'm going to say strong armed uh, or or forced my doctors to sit down at a table and <laughs> have some of these conversations. Mm-hmm. The perspective afterwards from them was um, there are times where they get frustrated with each other because they're not the another doctor is not asking the questions that they would necessarily want to have asked. And so on a peer level, the benefits of being able to have some of these conversations and think about why are we asking what we're asking? And are we more alike than we are different is is super, super helpful process. And so I would say if you've never, um, particularly if, you, if you're a bigger hospital that has multiple doctors, if you've never taken the time to just, you know, run a poll and, and ask the doctor, say, hey, like, what, what questions are you asking? What, you know, what questions do you want to have asked? And like, as, 
as colleagues go back and forth and pick each other's brains about why you're asking that way. What do you, what are you asking? It was enlightening to me as a manager to sit in on that and hear the commonality amongst my doctors and also be able to pick out where are the differences, but in a really good way of like, Hey, I learned this time, this technique in school and here's why I do it and have other doctors be like, Oh, I had no, like that makes total sense to me, but I've never done it that way. Like, can we do it that way? It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be negative, but to your point, like starting with the coaching in the moment, and just getting them to think about how it affects everybody and not just them, but then also being able to talk about it as colleagues, I think is a is an un, unintended bonus side effect that for me and my experience has turned out to be really positive. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. I, I um, You know, it really depends on the relationship. So now I'm switching over to the technician side here, right? So you're the mm-hmm. technician, you're doing this, you're taking this long history, the doctor's coming in and asking the same questions that you've already asked and you're kind of feeling like, you're, like, you're, like your time is not valued. Right. Um, the way I would approach this from the technician standpoint, it, the first thing I gotta say is what's your relationship and how much trust do you have? And I would tell you that as a doctor, I aspire to be a doctor that my technicians can look at me and say, hey, Dr. Rourke, I'm struggling because I feel like I ask these questions and then you come in and you ask the same questions and I kind of, I feel like I could be using my time better somewhere else or I kind of feel like I, I wrote all this stuff down and then it sort of gets ignored. I want you to say that to me. Like that is, that right. is, you know, I think I understand that a lot of technicians would say, I don't have that relationship with my doctor. Right. Um, I want to be the person who's big enough to take that feedback in a stride and say, I don't want you to feel that way when you work with me. Yeah. And so let's let me either let me let me explain why we do it this way. And we're probably going to talk a little bit about how you might get things different things than what I get, uh, you know, and whether or not that's that's worth the time to suss that out. Um, you know, we might talk about why we do our medical records the way that we do or you know, however the interfaces, mm-hmm. but we can mm-hmm. at least talk about why. But I would like to hear that. And I have heard that from from uh, technicians in the past. You can imagine, you know me well enough, Steph, like you know that there's a protocol for what gets asked and I walk in <laughs> and I'm doing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to improvise. And, and I did mm-hmm. that until one of my technicians said to me, I write all this stuff down. And you're all stressing stuff me down, out. And then you come in and put on the Muppet show. And I'm just <laughs> like, why did I do this? Like, just if you want to do your Andy thing, just do it. But don't make me do, do a 20 minute interview before you ignore it. And I'm like, uh-huh. that's unfortunately, that's a very fair, fair criticism at the time. <laughs> but hey, you know, like this is this is the thing where it's like, you know, um, my my. My, one of my dad's favorite sayings was always um, good judgment comes from experience and experience from bad judgment. It's like, I think that's how you become a good doctor. I think it's how you become a good anything is, you know, you make mistakes and, and hopefully when someone points them out to you or how they're affected by what you're doing, you adjust course and yeah. you get better. And so I, 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 again, I'm very forgiving of doctors in this, in this regard. So um, ideally, you have the relationship and you can say, yes. I'm just going to tell you how you made me feel um, because I trust you, because I trust you and I believe you care about me. And I think we should all aspire to that. That is the place that yes. I want to work. That is the doctor that I want to be. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think I think that's uh, I think that's great. And really, I think for me, a lot of the answer to the should lies, the actionable answer lies in the fact that we're a team and this yeah. is a relationship on on all sides with the client with each other as as techni- as a technician team helping the doctors as a doctor team working together to see patients across the board and as a doctor tech team mm-hmm. and so i think for me a lot of the should falls in we're, we're looking at that and and trying to figure out like what are our superpowers and i'll tell you like i as a technician who shockingly, I know, likes to talk. You guys, I like to talk. Um, And I like to talk to people. I have worked with doctors who struggle building relationships in the exam room with clients. And they have said to me, I want you to take all of my histories because you get way more information out of them than I get. And that is helpful to me as a doctor because I feel like I can do my job better. And I've also worked with doctors who are like, 
I want to do this piece and this is how you can best support me. And mm-hmm. it's give it's give and take. And so I think for me, a lot of the action and the should is what are we trying to accomplish here and how mm-hmm. can we best do it together collaboratively as a team? And it is a, it is a team of at least three, right? It's me as a technician, it's the doctor or it's me as the history taker, however that looks in your clinic um, and, and the client. And you got to be able to work together or else let's be real. All of us will be in the exam room for two hours yeah. if we if we don't figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. So, yeah, I, it's a cultural thing. And there, yeah. there's a big culture uh, yes. that, that I see. It's a cultural shift. And I feel like we're on the downhill side of it, which is good. But there for a while, it was different. Vet medicine is a team game. Yes. And I try to hammer that into doctors' heads. And yes. I, think, I think the support staff have known that for a long time. I think the doctors kind of want to hold on to the old way, which is the James Harriet way, which worked a lot better when, you know, it was one vet practices and you right. held your, you know, held, hung your shingle out. And, and now, though, as the demand for our services have gotten higher and higher, we can't be a one person operation. We have to function as a team right. to one, to meet the needs of pet owners, but two, in order to be able to have some downtime and to unplug and to not be on call. Like it is just a requirement that we have got to play this as a team game. And if you play it as a team game, then coming together to figure out what the history is and what it includes, it just makes sense. It's just a smart part of running of running our business and everybody should benefit from it. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so if we agree that it's going to be cultural and each practice is going to have a different approach based on who makes up their team and who their clients are, then how do we figure out whether we do or don't take history before the doctors walk in the room? Because really at the end of the day, like that's part of the question here, like how do we figure this out for ourselves as a, as a team? Right. Yes. All right. Perfect. So here's, so here's how we do it. Uh, And these, so these are the action steps. So we've gotten a good headspace. We've talked about, about kind of where we're going, what we're doing. I'd love to have that trust in a relationship where I can just say, this is how I feel. A lot of us don't. So here's, here's how I do it, right? Uh So number one, I'm going to go as a tech and I'm going to ask to discuss this. And I'll ask the, the practice manager probably, especially there's multiple doctors. But remember when you're the tech and you go and you talk to the doctors, you talk to the practice manager, it's always smart and it's always safe to make it about the pets, the people, or the practice. And so yep. that's, those are big things for me, the pets, yep. the people, or practice. And so you can absolutely go to the practice manager and say, I feel like I'm being ignored and my time is being wasted. And you could be 100% right. Right. That, that doesn't <laughs> hit the eardrum in a way that stimulates warm, fuzzy feelings for other people, even though it should. Right. You know, um, right. if you want to get heard, remember, communication happens at the ear, not the mouth. And I, I was like, how do I say this in a way they're going to hear me? Make it about the pets, the people, the practice, right? The pets, meaning how does reconsidering this end up in better medicine? How do we get better patient care from talking about how we're doing our history mm-hmm. and talk about patient care? Mm-hmm. Uh, people. What is the client's experience with this? Do they find it confusing when they're doing all these things and they have to do them again? Are they frustrated when they have to answer these questions twice and they feel like this is a huge process that doesn't need to be there? And the last thing is the practice, and that's the team game. How does this affect the practice and our ability to get cases done, to be available? And again, I always phrase it, try to frame it into a positive way for the person I'm talking to is, how does taking history make me available to support you, Dr. So-and-so? Right. Right. I, let, let's talk about the best way that I can support you. And I'm not, I just want to make sure that the way we're doing histories is the best way I can support you as opposed to other things I could be doing to mm-hmm. move things along and 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 be a, a benefit to the practice. Um, and the other thing is you can even practice it depending on who you're talking to. If you're talking to the managers, it could be a revenue thing where you say, hey, I want our practice to be financially viable. Right. Can we talk? I'm spending a lot of time doing this. And then the doctor's just asking these questions anyway. And so I just, I don't know if this is a good investment in time. And, mm-hmm. and it really, which one you use of that, it depends on who you're talking to and what they care about. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, pets, people, the practice. And, yeah. and I would, I would, couch my request in that way saying these are the things that i'm seeing and i won wonder if we could um if we could do that um 
I would also, you know, start to sort of say, I want to understand what's important about the history. And I say it that way. I would say it to a doctor that way. I would say it to the manager. I would just sort of say, I think we should talk about what's really important about taking a history so that we can decide if we're doing it in the best way. And that's me getting into the culture. And so mm-hmm. when I talk to the doctor, then I say, what is, what is the most important thing for you about the history? What I would say, if you ask me, is I tend to get hyper-focused on the problem I'm presented with. Sure. And the most important thing for me is to make sure that someone is checking the major boxes to yes. make sure this pet is getting the other things that they need. Yes. And I'm not zeroing quickly on the focal point and missing other things. And so if it's my practice and they say to me, what do you want? I say, I want us to come together and figure out what should we ask every pet owner when they come in mm-hmm. to get any hidden information or information I'm going to miss. Yes. And then I would say, I want you, I don't want you to spend a ton of time fleshing out the specifics of the condition because I'm going to do that. Right. And that's a redundancy. And that's right. what I want. Other people may absolutely want different things or there's different things that are important to them about the history. What's important to you about this history? What's important to our practice about this history? What's important to our team about this history? Those are good, open, non-judgmental, mm-hmm. non-pointed, help me understand questions that start to generate that conversation of this is what I like and this is what's important to me. And I guarantee you'll have one doctor who says, well, I want to know all of the things. And the other (laughs) doctors who uh, see the world differently, like myself, will push back and say, well, I want to have technicians who are available to help me. when I'm not stuck in an exam room. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't want my technician to wrestle that doctor. I am perfectly willing to wrestle that doctor on behalf of the technicians for selfish reasons as I go, right. I, I understand they want a million questions. I don't want the techs tied up doing history when I need them back in the treatment room or I need them, you know, helping me with communications or the other things that a well-licensed, well-leveraged team sure. uses technicians for. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, that that's, that's kind of how, how I would do it. But as the technician, I would set the table for the doctors to, uh, to, I'm looking for a metaphor set the table. I'm mixing my metaphors. I almost said <laughs> I would set the table for the doctors to dance. And then I'm like, why the doctors do the table set to dance? How are you going to bring this home, Andy? And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, I'm still reeling from the realization that my yard hydrant is going to be a spider pit. And I'm going to lose a finger in there. And it's just a dirt hole with a wooden flap on top. And I feel like an idiot. Oh God, it's fine. I'm getting fired. Um, I think the I think the flip the flip side of that uh, of that also for for me is as a um, as a team member, whether you're a doctor who's questioning this or you're a technician or a, a CSR, it doesn't matter who you are in the practice. A great this, you guys, this is a great topic for a team meeting, and it's a great thing for me to think about asking why are. Why are we doing it the way that yeah. we're doing it? And really everybody on the team understanding because again, every practice's makeup is totally different. And so if you're working in a practice where you doctors are um, double booked and what I mean by that is you're dancing, you have one doctor who's dancing between two appointments at a time and you have a fully leveraged tech team, it may be, the why may be that it's important for the techs to in room A to ask this set of questions because the doctor is in room B doing this portion of the appointment and that may be part of your dance as a team and that that why is very powerful and it's very important because to your point Andy it speaks to the client experience it speaks to the practice experience it speaks to the team's experience it's okay to to ask and it feels very non-threatening to ask why I want to understand the why here because you should want every member of your team to understand what that why is and Mm. If by asking the why question, you unearth, well, Dr. Rourke does it this way, and it's just because that's the way he likes it, and Dr. Sarah does it this way, and she doesn't really care one way or the other, and Dr. Smith on Thursdays does it this way because that's the way they do it at the other practice that they work at. Like It may unearth some of that those answers that allow you as a team to say, if this isn't working for us, we can ask the questions that help us change it in a way that is 
um, healthy and and has that you know has that healthy healthy dialogue and creates the space to ask those questions. Um, and so I think that the starting with the why is is a very powerful tool here. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So anyway, I, I think that's how I would put it forward. I think this is a good, healthy conversation. I think every team should probably talk about this every couple of years. Yes. I just think that what we're asking for, what we need or where we are, it just changes over time. Yes. I I think that this is a cool problem because it gets into culture and what's important and why do we do this job and how do we move appointments efficiently and effectively through our practice. And it's all fairly low stakes way to really talk about what matters to us. You know, no one's like, ah, I went out of business because I asked the wrong medical history questions. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not that. Um, It's just, it's good for the doctors to even talk to each other about what's important and why do we do this history and what's important to you, what's important to me. It's, um, it is a very good team building uh, discussion that I have found brings groups together pretty, mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah, I, I love it. I think uh, this is a great topic to have. Ask, ask at a team meeting. It's yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be fun. I think, and so I think we, we end it here with uh, <laughs> who should take the medical history. It's it depends. depends. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Yeah, absolutely. which is my favorite answer of vet med because ninety nine percent of the time, the answer is. It depends. depends. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's helpful to our writer. I hope they're not like, they're listening to the end and they're like, ah, sat through. They're like, that's the, last time I, that. that's the last time I sent something in through the mailbag. I, I sent him a question. I heard about this doofus's lawn hydrant. <laughs> and the answer was basically, it depends. And I hope you don't feel that way. It's uh, It depends on the practice, but you can reach a consensus in your practice. Yes. Following yes. our simple, simple <laughs> system. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to go water, water some your plants. lawn. Yeah, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.